You're listening to Deal Talk with 7MA, providing invaluable insight into investment banking and the M&A space through honest conversations with industry thought leaders, business pioneers, and innovators. We'll pull back the curtain and give you the inside scoop on trends in our targeted industries and provide you the tools to better position your company in today's market. Martin, welcome to the 7 Mile Advisors podcast. Thank you for doing this. Well, thank you, Larry, for inviting me. It's a great pleasure to be here today. Well, it's nice to be in your office in Manhattan. I think uh, the last time I was here was um, visiting you just after your round of capital with um, with FTV Capital. I don't. I think that was maybe 09 or something of that nature, but it's good to be back. Thank you. Mar- Martin is the chief of staff, co-founder, and head of M&A of Globant. And just a quick intro, uh, Globant's a global IT services company based in Argentina, founded in Argentina, uh, publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange, uh, but certainly serving a global client base. And uh, Martin, is, as I mentioned, is one of the co-founders. And in our business, Martin, we talk to a lot of different IT services companies all day, every day. And Globant is definitely one of the companies that people want to understand more about. They see, you know, they've read about you and the amazing trajectory you've had since you uh, were founded in 2003. So again, thank you very much for taking the time for this. Again, it's a pleasure and I hope we can share with you our experiences and all all that stuff. Yeah. Martin, I've known you for a little while and I've known others at Globant. And one thing I can personally say is that it, it really is a different culture at Globant. And I think a lot of a lot of companies say that, but you guys bear that out. And one of the uh, more interesting things, if you wouldn't mind sharing, I think is a little indicative of your culture is just how you how the the four founders actually hatched the idea. I think there's a legend of four guys in a bar story. If you wouldn't mind sharing that, I'd appreciate it. Oh, of course, that was around 2001, and in a moment where internet was, you know, spreading a lot and let you working from everywhere. Let's say that for the very first time, you can really do projects from a very distant place at almost no cost. That was something very new, you know. Just a few years before, let's say in the 90s, if you, de- de- if you de- develop a software and you need to deliver that, you need to go with your CD or with your diskette, you know, to put it in their computer and show what was there, what was really very miserable. Um, all of that was uh, was changed at that time, and you you didn't have to do that anymore. You can be in a very far away place working with a very good engineer. The only thing you need is to speak good English, you know, to to communicate with everyone. You can send your software over the internet, and their one can deploy in their computers without you being there. And, you know, at that time, Indian companies started to grow a lot. And we said, okay, there's a big opportunity to do this from, from, from another part of the world, from Latin America. We, we, we knew the business. We, were four, we are four engineers with different skill set, project management, it's, software development, sales, but the four of us with a big uh, background in in software. So we knew the business. 
we knew a lot of people that can help us. So we started thinking about a, a business plan, which was quite simple. We said, okay, it's an opportunity. Companies are starting to buy offshore services. And where, where is the market? The market was, and it's still, America and UK. They are the most open country that are, are buying that. So let's go and, say, and sell there. Very easy. No much more than that. And we focus 100% on selling in that places. One of the things that we discuss a lot, and Martin, who is here, was very, very, very tough on that. He always said, if we, if we sell close to our places where we live, we're not going to go to America to sell because we all, it's going to be our comfort zone. So, and, and you're speaking of Martin Migoya, who's the co-founder and CEO. Exactly, yeah. So I'm with him. yeah. And we said, hey, no, this is going to be your comfort zone. We need to leave our comfort zone and we need to to go and and travel, coach, 11 hours, stay in cheap hotels, trying to spend at least as possible living, you know, living out your corporate life, you know, and starting and start a company from scratch. We were not teenagers. We were like in the 30s with family. So it was a big, big bet. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things you and I were talking a little bit before we got started here that is exceptional about Globant is that the same four individuals that sat in the bar and ha hatched this idea and were half crazy enough to cart themselves all over the planet um, selling their services, the same four people that did that are still with the company in leadership positions. And as you know, frequently uh, what happens is that once the entrepreneurs take it to a certain level, particularly when private equity groups get involved, they tend to insert so-called professional management, et cetera, and just an acknowledgement of the different types of skill sets that it takes to get a company from one level to the next. But yet you guys have, have stayed on and as far, so far as I can tell, still pretty much pretty much friends with each other, which is difficult because these things are like marriages. <laughs> um, how, what were the different, as you look back, and I know you have a long ways to go and you don't look back often, but just for the benefit of people listening, as you look back, what were the big milestones you're like, mm -hmm. all right, you know, whether it be a headcount level or a revenue level where you're like, okay, you know, th this is now different and we're going to either need to you know, restructure, reorganize or invest or, or otherwise just deal with the fact that we're just a larger company serving a different customer base and this is just a different animal. What were, the, what were some of the milestones that jump out at, at you in, along those lines? First of all, I want to answer about staying the company you now. I think that one very important thing is that we like what we are doing. That's very important. You know, we love Globant. We love um, generating opportunities for people all around the world. Because today we have offices and in India, Belarus, Romania, America, Mexico, Peru, Colombia. So Argentina is a small part of all this operation. It's an important one, but it's not majority. So. We like we like what we are doing. So for us, that's very very important. It's not it's a job, but it's also our lives. So that that's important. Um, about milestones, you know, we have been always thinking about the next step. What what do we need to the next step? It's it's what always are we have been always discussing that point. So we are we are now in a point that we need to discuss the next structure 
we are okay to be, you know, we are now almost 10,000 people around that. So next step, which is to be 15,000, 20,000. What do we need to do that? We can recruit the way we're recruiting. We need to be more cities. We need to have more customers. What do we need to go to the next step? And with that and learning a lot from other companies, we put together, not because we are not very, we don't love strategic plans, but perhaps we have an idea and we go for that. We're very agile. We we were agile when the agile didn't exist, you know. We didn't know that that was agile company, but we're a very agile company. Decisions are taken very fast and very few people take decisions. It's We have distributed uh, responsibilities and management. So that's part of our DNA. But we know that when you start going, fa- going higher, going bigger, you need more, you know, you need to, re- to review that. So let's say, first of all, it's when you pass the 200 people, let's say that that's interesting because everybody talk about the moment that you can't remember the name of your, of your people. Yeah. And that's, that's, that, that's a point. So you need, well, okay, now we need to have a, a more when you are in the professional services business, you know, which is about people. So managing people is a very important thing. So we're always very keen on how to manage people and how to keep knowledge and how to innovate around that. That's the most important thing for us. When you can say, hey, we're going to organize our company around verticals, we said we need to organize our company around um, skills, about technical skills. So what we have, what we put in place were studios. So the question about that is 200 was a very important thing. 1,000 was another important thing. Then when we prepared the company for the IPO was another important thing. And now that we are getting into interesting things is how we, how to distribute the, the, the management and the responsibilities between regions that can be independent because it's like small global everywhere. You mentioned that you you're still here because you like what you're doing, and that's a pretty, that's a basic fundamental thing. What what is it that you like most about what you do? As I said, specifically of what we are doing, I really like to get in touch with other companies. I love that. I love that thing about learning what they are doing better than you, and understanding what you are doing well and our companies are not doing, and perhaps differentiate you for that. You learn a lot about, about talking with people, you know, about their experiences. I think that's the most attractive part of my work, yes. sitting down with founders, with CEOs of another companies, understanding why they are doing something, why you are not doing that. And this is very, very interesting. And you mean from an M&A yes. perspective, like meeting other IT services companies and so forth? I, I, I love that. And out of that, I, I like that thing about, you know, and especially in third world countries, um, working in in, di- in digital, working in software, working with IT, it's a, it's a fantastic way to to give opportunities, you know, yeah. to, to bring opportunities to places that is difficult to have first level, let's say, top jobs, no? Usually yeah. in that places you don't have very good jobs or very good companies. You need to move to the central, to the capitals, you know, to to have that. And we are we are spreading that good 
good jobs everywhere. Yeah. And this is fantastic. It's interesting because when you guys popped up, and I, there's, an, there's a, an excellent case study, in fact, that documented this on, on you guys at Sloan School of Business did from, um, from MIT that's out there that people can find on the, on the web. But when you guys popped up, you were, you know, you had to compete against well-entrenched, large indie outsourcers plus traditional U.S. Mm-hmm. IT services companies and others all, all, all across the globe. And now you guys are definitely at the point where you're, you're going to be exposed. Whoever the next four guys in a bar is, you know, that's sitting around thinking about an idea. So you, you really have to, and, and I know that you do because I know you well, you really have to stay abreast and, and continuously change the company or at least adapt and anticipate what's coming in today's market. And the change, as you know, is, is faster, it's not slower than even, even back in when you guys found it in the, in, from 03 to uh, the 08, 08 time period. So to deal with that sort of change, what, is, what do you guys do culturally to make sure that you continue to be nimble and adapt? And Because you and I were talking, I mean, some of the technologies people were, you know, open, whether it be open source or a lamp or what have you, some of the technologies that you guys were talking about when you first got started, no one even mentions anymore. So you need a, a culture that can continuously learn and continuously grow. How do you, how do you deal with that at Globant? I think it's a combination of being really close to your customers, you know, to understand what they are needing together with the capacity of innovate. It's like you need to understand company needs, you know, but at the same time, you need to come with an innovative solution. It's Okay, so we are we have to be always on top of the necessities of our customers, but at the same time, we need to provide what they need. It's not like, because we are not a product company, we're a service company. So understanding your customers is a very important thing. And most important is to understand the customers that you want to have. Because sometimes when you are small, you're working with small customers, and the needs of the small customers are totally different than the needs of a big customer. And the only way to grow is having big customers because, you know, they are the ones that can bring you work. So how to think about companies that you're not serving? <laughs> That's yeah. like a big, big, yeah. big challenge. Yeah. So we have been always trying to work with the bigger customer possible and always trying to understand what they need. At the same time, working with our technical people with our delivery people to understanding technology and what's to the, what's the uh, edge technology at each moment, how we can transform that into projects for our customers. Yeah. So we have been always all around that. And I think that the, as, as the founders, we are engineers, you know, so for us, technology is something we like. So I think that even when we are, you know, we know about finance, about management and we have been and learning a lot during this time. Our core is always about technology, and we like that. And when we talk with the customer, it's always about oh, what's next? No, not of course you want to do more business and how to save costs and all that stuff, but always about technology. How technology can change what you are doing? Yeah, we're all four of you guys engineers. Yes, mm-hmm. four yeah. of us. Yeah, so d- definitely run by some 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 technologists because. The interesting thing is that as the rate of change in technology occurs, and the, particularly some of these more disruptive mm. technologies, sometimes it's difficult. You know, there's an impediment to adopt them from an IT services company because it could cannibalize some very large 
projects that are underway that are utilizing a you know, some legacy mm. technology. And it, at, I would imagine encountering that and making those decisions, some larger outsourcing companies could be accused in the past of not being as disciplined as they perhaps should have been in terms of adopting newer stuff, yet sticking with some of the old. And it, it, it effectively allowed someone like a Globant to pop up and just say, no, I'm going to make the right, whatever the right t- technology answer is for this client, I'm going I'm to go do it. It's, it's a very good point, you know. I think our backpack is very thin, you know, and for, for our, you know, our life is, 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 is light. So I think that we that that's a very good thing to propose new things to your customer, which is what they are demanding. You know, we are, people say, oh, Globan is like the new way of digital IT services. And to be there, you always need to be at the edge. It's not someone's going to come and replace you. And this is what we are always thinking about. How how can we be there? This is why we are in heavily investment in artificial intelligence, machine learning, and all of this disruptive stuff that we think that's going to be like today. Nobody talks about open source or nobody talks about mobile because it's everywhere. Perhaps in 10 years, the same is going to happen with these technologies because they're going to be all around. Yeah, yeah. yeah and speaking of uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence and some of these newer themes, I, I noticed on your website you guys have a, a, a very interesting case study in the online learning education space around, a, I believe it was a machine learning solution that would adapt, I believe, a user interface based on some natural language yeah. processing that was occurring in a chat like type type setting. There's a couple of things interesting about that. Number one, the technology you're, de- you're, you're deploying itself. And then secondly, the, that vertical, I mean, education is definitely a, a industry vertical that is, is ripe for some type of disruption in general. And then you guys are right there um, with, the, with that. It, are, are there particular industries that you encounter that are more prone to these types of technologies or, or how do you segment it? Is it by industry or geography or, or size? Or how do you think about that in terms of adoption of some of these newer technologies? We, we think that the most important thing is the, the, the way the management or the culture of the company. You know, that's, you know, Gilbert, Gilbert and Glebien is the of the company. He's, he's very, very smart, like he said. We are in the fitness business, which sounds Say what? What is, fitness. is the guy is crazy? Fitness, okay. yes, because we are helping our companies to be fit, to be ready for what's coming, which is very interesting. Because at the end of the day, you can't deploy, you can't help to digitally transform a company if you are not prepared for doing that. Because this is not like deploying a software. You know, all time, you know, you say, oh, we are gonna implement this software. So you come implement that and you talk with the five, six, ten, hundred guys who's going to run that software and that's it. Now, when you transform a company, you're touching every point of the company. The point is how to how to open the silos, how to avoid silos inside the organization. And silos are something that sometimes are, it's not very innocent. You have a silo because it's your, it's where you, are, you have power. So if someone comes and say, okay, now you, all your information is going to be shared with the whole organization, what you're going to find is a big push against that. And this is not about technology sometimes, it's about culture. So being in the fitness business is being helping companies to be fit, to, 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 
take the advantages of the technology. So what we are doing is helping companies on that. And so, again, it's not so, of course, the, the companies that are digitally natives are much easier to work with because the only language they speak is digital. Everything's around digital. Let's say traditional e-commerce, comp- the new e-commerce companies, for example, they're not thinking about the physical things of, of their e-commerce. They're talking about how to interact with their customers through a, through a platform. So platform companies are very easy to work with them because we all speak the same language. But when you come to more traditional industries, let's say segments like manufacture, for example, everything depends on the culture of the of the management team, what they are thinking about. And when they are uh, aligned, when this new digital revolution, this cognitive revolution, the fit is perfect. And we can work with them. And it's not about the, the sector. Yeah. Yeah, that's all exciting stuff. And for sure, uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence and cognitive is opening up huge markets for your clients and you guys are facilitating that. And that's a huge growth item for for the economy in general. However, people sometimes focus on, you see a lot of headlines around, all right, there's potential job displacement from some of these technologies, AI in particular, you hear a lot about. And inevitably, I suppose that's going to be true. There'll be some shifting. So if you were counseling, given that you guys are the tip of the spear and that's with many of your clients, if you were counseling, say a high school senior or a college student on where, where they might want to focus some of their energy, what, what what could be a a good career for folks given the very fast shifting uh, sands here? What, what would you say? I think that kids must learn to code from very early stage, you know, that's, K-12, they have, they, have, they have to learn to code. They need to learn logics and learn, you know, um, mathematics to be good at that. Uh, but at the same time, you need soft skills because doing um, an app, for example, needs user interface. So yeah. to do the user interface, you need to understand the sociology of the people who's going to use that. So there are soft skills and hard skills at the same time putting together, which is a big change in the way that we educate people. Usually you are hard or you are soft. No, we need to put together that thing. Um, we need to do it in the early, in the early stage of the kids. And, you know, what is amazing today is that all the knowledge is in your phone. You know, with yeah. a smartphone, you have access to internet and YouTube, have everything there. The only need, the only you only need to stay concentrated, focus on that, and you you can learn everything from there. So this is challenging the, the teachers' work, but I don't think so. The the the, the, the function is going to change, but you're going to need teachers to help kids with that. So if you have all the knowledge available in one place, I think that what you are going, what we are going to get is. It's much productive people. So if you are more productive, you can do much more things. So perhaps there are going to be some problems, temporary problems in the jobs, because there's a lot of people that has been trained in another disciplines. But having the, the knowledge available for everyone at zero cost is something that is amazing. You can train everyone very easily. So I love the times that are coming. And I'm not 
very keen on the catastrophic view of the future. Yeah. I think it's much, it's a brighter future. Yeah. It, I mean, if history's, history's in a, any precedent, we sent, we tend to solve a lot of these issues with technology innovation and it's, it creates more opportunity than it removes. I think so. And I'm not a politician. So yeah. I'm, I'm not, and yeah. it's easy for me because my, busy, my <laughs> business is, is to be aligned with technology. Yeah. But I really, I'm very honest with this view. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that makes me think about where you got started in Argentina and it, it must be just a very special place in terms of the, the, the people there and the mm. ability to, as you say, co you know, code and, and, and learn math and these other things as well as the, the, the softer skills. What, what do you think it is about, I mean, how, when you think about Argentina and your, and your company and, and the people that you have there and you have people spread all over the, uh, the, the world at this stage, were, were there anything, was there anything in particular that allowed you guys to get this thing off the ground in that region in particular, like right time, right place? Or do you think you could have been pretty much anywhere and had the, you know, similar success? No, definitely could have been everywhere. In our case, which was very important, was that we discovered, you know, that being in the same time zone, you know, to work with the yeah. States, that was, that's fantastic. Because, and, you know, there are things that sometimes you're you're lucky, because all the agile move movement was about how to work together at the same time. So, doing projects not waterfall approach, which was you design something, you build, yeah. and then you you deploy. Yeah. Instead of you can build at the same time, you are thinking the best solution. So for doing that, you need to work together. It's not that you can same something overnight and get it the other, uh, the other day. So all the Agile needs to work at almost the same time, everybody awake at the same time. So being in the same time zone, that's very right. good. Also that, you know, Latin America and with America, we have very similar culture. Of course, we are different in a lot of things, but we can laugh almost at the same things, the, the way we interact, and it's similar. That, 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 that's, that's very important when you need to work in a, close loop with your customer. You know, when you work in an open loop, it's like you send something you did, you send it back, and then you get the feedback. When you're working close loop, when everything is developed, test, and deployed almost at the same time, yeah. you need much more. You need a very short learning curve. And that was very, very important at the very beginning. It's still important, but now we have almost... Thousand people in the state, so it's it's it's, yeah. it's different thing. But at that moment, it was very very important. Right, right. As you, Martin, as you look ahead, what's what's on the roadmap for you guys in terms of what, what's the most exciting things that you guys are working on now that mm -hmm. you hope to accomplish over the next twelve months or so? We're developing a the kind of operating system, you know, for running an agile company. Yeah, it's like we have a like a suite of things, like a suite like things. Uh, like Storm Me Up, Glow, different tools that we put together, we invest a lot, how you can work with a, let's say, millennial organization, you know, where it's very flat, where it's not about waiting till the end of the year to have a feedback of what you are doing. So to how to provide feedback on almost immediate basis, you know, once you finish a, a, let's say, a meeting and you find something good, you can send oh, that would have been great, or you did something that's not so good, so you say you need to improve on that. This is in a, in a 360 way, not just up-downs, you know, down-up and yeah. to, to, to your sides. 
So we are putting together that uh, operating system to run that company. And we're, we're very, very excited about that. Same time, we're working a lot in artificial intelligence and how to deploy that technology into all the projects that we are delivering. So having like a, it's like a mandate to our people, okay, we, we, are going, we are doing something for one customer, okay, let's find a way to add some interf- and, in artificial intelligence to that project. Yeah. And when you have that mandate on, man, on, your, on your mind, you need to do something. And that's very important for us. That's that two things we're working a lot on that. Right. So, like a knowledge base feedback loops within the within your own company to ensure that you're. Yes, we're we're we we transform that in a business unit, yeah. but we're using a lot internally. It's like, you know, we want to avoid that. Uh, we want to have process that are almost online for everybody. You know that. So, I don't know, you need something, you get the answer. That, you know, things today are more, you need more immediate answers than before. No, no one, if you send an email, you're not expecting two days for an answer. So if you have to do something, you need know, to spend, you, you are sending an expense report, you want an answer very rapidly. And perhaps you don't need to go through every every expense. You can have a, some artificial intelligence that can tell you that this is okay right. without you checking. Right. And the same with a lot of things. So we're working a lot on that. Right. Well, it, you guys started in 03 in a bar. <laughs> it's 2019. You've now got 8,300 plus employees, uh, $3 billion market cap, uh, over $500 million in revenue. And um, I'm impressed and amazed that you guys are still here and still with the same vigor that, um, that you had, at least when I, I met you back in, in 08. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt for a second that you're going to accomplish everything that you say that, that you say that you are. So I appreciate you very much taking time for this. And uh, I think we did it, Martin. Oh, thank you so much, Leroy. We have been working a lot together and it's always a pleasure to, to talk to you and, and thank you again for us. You know, it's uh, we like what we are doing and we like to spread our voice about what we are doing. So thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Deal Talk with 7MA. You'll find more information and resources based on today's discussion exclusively on our website. If you're looking to dive deeper into today's topics, head to 7mileadvisors.com to speak to one of our bankers today. That's the number 7, M-I-L-E-A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S.com. 7M Securities does not make any investment recommendation for any company or security that was discussed, nor does the firm offer any tax advice. Consult your tax advisor for any tax matter that might apply to you or your business. 